Welcome to the Hydric and Struggles Leadership Podcast. Hydric is the premier global provider of senior level executive search and leadership consulting services. Diversity and inclusion, leading through tumultuous times, and building thriving teams and organizations are among the core issues we talk with leaders about every day, including in our podcasts. Thank you for joining the conversation. Hi, I'm Stefano Salvatore, managing partner of uh, Hydrogen Struggles Portugal and Spain. In today's podcast, I'm talking to Andy Brown, CEO of Galp Energia, one of the leading companies in Southern Europe in oil and gas, but now also in solar assets. A testament to its commitment to the energy transition. Andy joined Galp as CEO and vice chairman of the board of directors in February 2021. Andy spent 35 years of his career at Royal Dutch Shell, where he held various senior leadership roles across geographies. Andy, welcome. Thank you for taking the time to speak to us today. Thank you. So Andy, as a leader of a major energy player in Southern Europe, and with presence in other key markets, such as Brazil and Africa, could you give us your perspective of where the energy sector is at the moment, as, as well as how GALP is responding to the continuous um, changes? Yeah, well, Stefano, this is a unique time in the energy business. I don't think I've ever seen it quite so volatile. Gas prices are record levels, oil prices are very high, but everyone's talking about the transition. Uh, and so they should, because the world's energy system will have to change. But I think the world needs to realize it's a transition. We just don't turn a switch and it goes to a new system. And I think we've also got to recognize that just over 20% of the world's energy is delivered through electricity. So there's a massive change that has to take place. And Gulp's taken on that challenge. So we're a traditional oil and gas company. We've said we're not going to drill any more frontier exploration wells. We've said we've spent half our money, 50% of our capital, on renewable energy, on new energies like hydrogen, biofuels, the battery value chain, EV charging. So we really want to drive this transition fast. And thinking precisely about that transition and also looking at the European Green Deal, how is this going to affect Gulf strategy, its leadership and culture going forward? If you look through to 2050, Gulf will be unrecognizable to what it is today. We're going to have to change completely the products we sell. We're going to have to change the core skills of the company. We're going to have to develop new talent. We're going to have to change the way we work. And of course, with digital, uh, that will be magnified. So this is a massive transition. But there are some core skills about generating energy, converting it, for instance, to hydrogen, hydrogen fuels, biofuels, and selling to customers that will stay. So there is a, a core thread of generating energy and, and delivering it to customers that will remain. But the types of energy and the way we deliver it will be very, very different. You've announced recently um, this uh, pioneering uh, joint venture with between Galp and uh, Northvolt um, and to develop you know, Europe's uh, largest and most sustainable lithium conversion plant. So how's this partnership going to impact the energy sector? And what does this also mean in terms of that cross-collaboration between two very different organizations and cultures and businesses? Yeah, well, I think firstly, uh, any change creates lots of opportunity. Um, and if I look at batteries and 
batteries in electric vehicles, we can imagine there'll be a tenfold increase in demand for those batteries between now and 2030. And clearly Northvolt, one of the leading battery manufacturers of Europe, are clearly recognising that trend. And that for us is a great opportunity to create a joint venture. Portugal has lithium resources. Undoubtedly, that's one of the reasons Northvolt is interested to set up here in Portugal. But I think they find in Gulp a company with, with an industrial background, with an ability to build the type of facilities that we will need to build. And it's this, I think, remarkable combination of a traditional oil and gas energy company with a very young, nimble, growing battery manufacturer that is so exciting for us. We see different ways of working and we see a focus on people that I think is teaching us lessons about what it will take to be successful in the future, centred around getting the right people in place to deliver your ambitions. And I guess it's about people and also processes. And on that point, you know, when you look at uh, digitalization, what are those changes that you're seeing and requesting from your present workforce and probably your future workforce that were not required until now? Yeah, so this whole innovation digital space is clearly a catalyst uh, for the change. Um, digital opportunities will allow us to optimize our business, gives us new insights into where value can be created, but I think most importantly, can give us access to delight customers in different ways. Uh, and we are going to go from a very centralized energy system to a very distributed energy system. And all of those are going to require digital applications, innovation to make it all work. And when we come to digital, it's about actually having some real discipline around data, so having discipline around cybersecurity, being able to embrace the cloud, um, to be able to embrace artificial intelligence, but I think probably most importantly, to be open to partnerships, to have an open innovation platform as compared to what a traditional company like Gallup would be in the past, which is a very closed company that has its own skills, is more inward looking. So this transition from being inward looking and closed to being open, willing to risk, willing to be agile, I think is a massive change for us. And, and picking on that point, what changes in culture and talent is, is, is going to happen in the energy transition agenda? Um, and how are you going to address them? So not only will the products we have to produce be turned upside down, but the way we go about our business. Galp is a traditional state-run company that has been privatized, but is still extraordinarily hierarchical. And in order to get the best out of the people, Galp has fantastic people, but we need to be able to delegate, to allow people to experiment, to allow people to, to, to fail and learn and grow. And, and this is not traditional in, in, in Galp's culture. So this is the core of our people strategy. It's a people strategy that will focus on what we call our change agility. We'll focus on our ability to be externally focused. We'll work also about how we work internally and how we particularly cross business uh, in sort of the scrum type ways of working. 
But at the same time, be focused on results. Same time, be open to continuous improvement all the time. How can I do this better? Do I need to do this process? Can I make it simpler? So those are the core parts of, of the people strategy or the behavioral side of the people strategy that we're going after. And what are you asking of those people in terms of leadership capabilities? What are you looking for? The first thing is we're, gonna, we're working with the top 60. I think leaders have to demonstrate what they're preaching and that those top 60 leaders are going to be particular focus of attention for us about how they're providing that engagement, providing that delegation. And it's interesting, what we've discovered is you can drive accountability lower in the organization, but if you haven't equipped the organization to take on the accountability, it actually bounces back up and you have to avoid that. You have to also give people a sense of what it means to discharge accountability, that it's a safe place for people to ask questions, but to take decisions. And I often think it's, you know, in terms of leadership, it's about moving from thinking through always what the solution is to leading in a way, to not deciding what to do, but it's how you do it and how you encourage people to innovate. It's not about doing or telling, it's about setting examples. And so that way of leading, I think, is going to be really important for us. Because in the culture we have today, people wait for instructions rather than stepping up and saying, I know how I can do this. That's going to take some years. It doesn't happen because I say so. It, it, it will happen through getting the right people in place, emphasizing the right behaviors, rewarding in the right way, uh, and creating a culture in the company where people feel empowered to use all their skills and to innovate and to create value. Andy, on the subject of talent, do you have specific strategies in place to attract and retain top talent? We've been addressing this recently. We can see that um, there has been a lot of resignation, particularly if you look at the US, I think a record level. So retaining people and being able to attract them is core to our success in the future. And the first thing we worked on is making sure we're paying them the right amount of money. So we did a complete remuneration survey um, and we've benchmarked ourselves to make sure that we're a, we are a good, a good pair. And some people's salaries almost doubled as a result of that, just to give you a sense of how far off this was. But that's not all. It's about people coming to work also being clear about the purpose. Our purpose in Gulp is to let's regenerate the future together and having a sense that this is a company on the move that will be able to satisfy the climate challenges that we have is going to be important, particularly for young people, that, that this becomes such an important part of their values. But we also talk about making Galp a great place to work. Um, and that's, that's about how we uh, allow talent to develop, how we delegate, but it's also the atmosphere in the office. It's also about going away from stuffy towers and going to a much more open workplace. I, when I went to Northvolt in Sweden, it was just incredible how it was so different, the feel of the place, the feel and touch of the place. These are important things, but also as important is 
to be flexible. So we've gone to a flexible working model where people have to work at least two days a week in the office. Depending on their, their boss, that could be only two days in the office a week and three days at home. So kind of much more modern ways of, of, of leading people is important. But I really think people often leave companies because of their boss, not because of the company, because they're not being well led. And so focusing on leadership. So our top 60 have all had leadership assessments, all of them giving a sense of where they could be better leaders, what they need to work on. And I think that in itself will also create an environment where the people that work for them, you know, another 500, are going to want to work in this company because they've got a good boss. So working on leadership, working on how well we pay people, giving people a purpose and having a, a great office environment with flexible working, that's how we're working on, particularly on retention, but also hopefully giving a sense of attraction as well. We are in a world, obviously, where there's a lot of volatility and where there's uncertainty and, uh, and you yourself, Andy, have gone through many changes yourself over the years, different organizations, uh, different countries. Um, what have you learned as a CEO um, over these past few years, um, especially when you look ahead and, and from whom? Yeah, look, I think you go through your career and you do role model, you do observe um, leaders and every leader have their, has their strengths and weaknesses. I was obviously very lucky to be on the leadership of, of Shell for, for seven years. Um, and, you know, I bring some of that learning as I go into this job. But as I also go into this job, I realize I'm learning all the time. Um, learning how to manage through ambiguity, learning to be more of an entrepreneur than an engineer, learning to empower, learning very much to lead rather than manage. and. I think that is such an important thing to to create that environment where it's not about how many hours you put on in the office. It's about the signals you give, the people you recruit, the behaviours you emphasise, the networks you create, talking to staff, talking to stakeholders, talking to partners. That's where I can add value. And as an engineer, historically, you have to kind of relearn what success looks like and success is very different now as a CEO than than it was when I was an engineer. What a journey and um, you know looking over the next three to five years as the CEO of Galp what are the specific leadership skills capabilities that that will be the most important for for your company? I think we have to create the right behaviors internally I think we have to create the right environment we have a purpose, let's regenerate the future together. We have to live that purpose in what we do, how we engage society, and how we create a great place to work in Galp. And I lead leaders that will emphasize those things, that will be externally focused, that will be empowering internally, that will be able to look to the future and see the trends and for us to position ourselves into that future energy system. Those are the kind of leaders that I'll need. And a lot less of the traditional leaders and hierarchical managers that, that will do big projects or engineer their way out of a solution. We have to innovate our way into the future. We have to empower our way into the future. 
And we have to create that entrepreneurial spirit in Gallup, which is a massive challenge, but very exciting. I'm sure it is. And uh, Andy, um, all that's left for me to say is uh, thank you very much for sharing your time today with us in the Hydrate podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Hydrogen Struggles Leadership Podcast. To make sure you don't miss more future shaping ideas and conversations, please subscribe to our channel on the podcast app. And if you're listening via LinkedIn, Twitter or YouTube, why not share this with your connections? Until next time.